Clarissa said that you beeped out the actual when you talk in the last episode where you talked about the name yeah. of that production, Clarissa said that you bleeped it out. I mean, she I probably thought that we cussed. Yeah, I just didn't want to say. I in it though, right after I bleeped it out, you say, "No, don't say the name." So I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty. I obvious. thought it was obvious. Oh, oh well. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Um, to what's the topic today, Joshua? Today we're going to be talking about the mo the five most important jobs on a film, um, starting with producer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just I think what we're gearing towards though is we're gearing towards like short film stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, the bigger quality film, you're going to have more positions in more areas, whether they're volunteer or actual paid obviously prefer to be paid but um but what we're gearing towards because the most experience we have with is short films and a lot of it is very low budget short films and so we're talking through some of the air some of the different positions that's actually needed to pull a short film off and uh and so that it's distributed well and things that so things don't get overlooked but it's done well yeah and some of these jobs um the ones towards the end we actually like have people that kind of help us out with that while we're doing production mm-hmm. but like these first few they're jobs kind of that we've just done ourselves um yeah i might do a little bit more like take the role of like producer i might take some of that role and then he might take um the next one that we'll talk about mm-hmm. which will be director so um but essentially we're kind of sharing the jobs yeah i don't do the full producing he doesn't do like all the directing so yeah yeah, that's kind of our experience so far. But just we're also into distinguishing a little bit at the beginning the difference between a producer and a director. Yeah. So. Yeah, because that was our thoughts why we wanted to do this mm-hmm. um, episode because we've done um, short videos, not very long yeah. ones, but short ones in the past that have got a lot of traction. Of mm-hmm. So apparently, people are looking to the difference between a producer yeah. and a director. People are interested in that topic. So oddly enough, that. That little short, those little film, those little videos that we did are honestly getting as many views as our short films on the channel. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, we just wanted to do a little bit longer form conversation, talk about that concept. Okay, so how about you do the first one and then I'll do the second okay. one. Okay, so producer, that is, uh, and I, I'm not going to step on director too much because I'll let you talk about that, but a producer... Um, at least in our films, it's going to be um, a lot of times is the person who's actually doing a lot of the organization. So they're usually on a bigger set, and even with a short film set, they should be the person in charge of the production. They should be the person who's like the boss of the actual start-to-finish process of making the film or making whatever style video you're doing. And so they're the ones that is making sure that they have the crew, the cast, um, either just lined up, making sure the scheduling is well, is Even in place. before that, kind of, the producer normally maybe, like, finds, has a script. Someone mm-hmm. comes to him with a script to be like, hey, can you produce this? So the producer will be like, okay, 
what do we need first? We need a director. So the mm-hmm. producer will find the director. Yeah. Um, he'll have a story. He'll find the director. And then going off with what you said, find everybody else, yeah. find the actors and all that. They're... They'll usually kind of at that point work with the director to find the actors. Mm-hmm. So the director the director find... is honestly, if, they, if there's not a director involved in the producing process, then a director is one of the first things a producer is looking for once yeah. they have the the finances to be able to actually do the production. Yeah. So that's another thing um, that a producer oversees is the money involved in the production, where the money's coming from, how they got it, how much they have it, make sure the budget is tightly fitted um, in order to make the production balance well throughout the whole process. And so you're not dumping everything into the production and then when it comes to editing you don't have the money to be able to rent your editor process or your editor software or you don't have any money to be able to buy some of the royalty free programs for music if you don't have a composer or something of that nature again we're talking about short films so some of the things that we are gearing towards or some of the things that we think through are more on a small budget smaller crew short film mindset okay. and then going off that um for our last film that we did dying at the Leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just had to think about that for a second. Um, starting off, Joseph, he, he kind of got the the script, and he worked with um, John Mark Goforth yeah. that wrote our script. So he got it in that sense to produce, but my personality is more I'm detail-oriented. So mm-hmm. after he basically got that, he almost, he didn't hand it to me, but like I took over and said, okay, what do we need the first day of filming? Yeah. What do what once we're on filming this is what has to be there we need all this equipment we need to do all this and he almost took the role of the director at that point and uh with our films actually it's usually and it's like this in professional also but with our films we usually um whoever comes up with the story whether they get it from someone or they write it either of us that usually means um they're going to be stepping into the decision of either choosing to be a producer or the director of the film. That's just how we've worked up to this point. Yeah. So whoever really gets the story or writes it is actually going to pretty much have the choice of, I want to be a part of the producing of this film, and then I want the other person to direct it, or vice versa. That yeah. makes sense. And so um, one thing, like, I know for, like, our costumes and stuff, we weren't super mm-hmm. accurate with Dying the Leaves, but I know, Tried like, to be. a couple of days before, I'm like, we need to have, we have a battle scene coming up. These people need, well, they need belts, they need shirts, they need pants. Yeah. So I was the producer at that standpoint, at that point, just, I'm going to go get a bunch of this stuff. You helped out a little, but mm-hmm. I kind of took charge and got everything I needed and then made sure, be like, okay, we're going to be filming. We want, um, we had the, tr- we had a track with that, had the camera on. I said, that mm-hmm. has to be there. We have to have a camera. We have to have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I took over that at that point, and yeah. you, you did directing. I was focusing on making sure that the shots and everything are well planned out, making sure that the, um, and just communicating like with the, the people who are going to be acting in it, the cast, making sure that they understand where they need to be and understanding what the scenes are for the most part. And then I actually physically on set directing the crew to be able to um, accomplish and film those scenes. And then going to kind of post-production, Joseph did the majority of the main film ending, mm-hmm. editing with that film. So he did the editing, but I I kind of took, yeah, another producer point, and I was like, okay, we need, we need music, we need 
um, this, we need this. So I would, he would kind of edit it yeah. and he would come back to me and I would kind of, you'd over, you'd look oversee over, oversee it like it. a producer basically. Yeah. yeah. Oversee the editing process. Okay, so, um, and just as a side note, editor is not one of the ones that we've chosen as the five points, the five people you need to make a production happen. And the reason for that is usually, especially when you're dealing with looking at five people to make it happen, usually a director has the vision for the overall process. Mm -hmm. So if most of the time, if you're a good director, you're going to understand how to edit something. And so what we've ended up doing is usually the director takes the bulk of the actual editing because they have the vision, they're filming it according to what they know they're going to be chopping it up in their in the editor in their head. And so, um, and so usually in our productions, as of right now, the director is either physically doing it or very strongly overseeing the editing process. Okay, so let's go to the next one, which is director. And the director, his job is basically, like we've kind of said before, seeing, mm -hmm. taking the vision and creating that vision with that being through directing your actors, getting mm -hmm. what your vision is out of the actors, yeah. getting... Um, your vision out in the process mm -hmm. and then the producer is coming alongside the director and kind of helping him like create it within a budget within yeah. um, the resources that the producer can get you can almost split it into two different areas you have a story and so you have all the technical or technicalities that needs to happen in order for it to become a story then you also have the creativity vision for it to become a story if you split those two up, then you get a clear definition of who does what. All the technicalities, all the money and everything falls into producer. All of the actual creative vision directing happens in the director. So Yeah, and for us, I guess, for this last film, Dying Leaves Again, you found our actors, and I guess that was a good thing because mm -hmm. you did more of the directing, so mm -hmm. you found the actors and you were like, he would be a good actor for this role. So you knew because you saw kind of the what he could do and everything. Yeah. So you, you chose those actors. Now, we didn't have like a ton of choices because we mm -hmm. didn't pay them yeah. or anything. But you still like you've worked with um, who is a Paul before. Mm -hmm. So you knew what he could do a little mm -hmm. bit, not a ton. But you saw and you were like, he could be more of an elderly. I mean, not elderly, but like the older character who's more wiser yeah. and can like help Calvin in his mm -hmm. struggle. There's actually, it, it didn't happen. I just got fortunate with Dying of the Leaves, but when I was doing Path to Crimson, although the acting, I would say, is not super strong, I would say that in the process of that, there were options that were worse <laughs> mm -hmm. because there was two people that sent me video auditions that I got in contact with that I actually told them, nah. I, like you just don't have any acting ability so there was actually there actually is a process that we try to hold to we hold to lightly because we can't be picky but there is an area of being like if we actually want to make something good it has to be acted well and so there has been uh, two times where I've said no to someone who was willing to work for free and so going into the third mm -hmm. job which is the director of photography or DP. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the description of that is kind of just the person who's behind the camera, who's the yeah. filmer, the videographer. And um, for our film, Dying the Leaves, one uh, some of the days we had um, Natalie help us out, be mm -hmm. the DP, but 
we didn't have her come every day because she with scheduling issues yeah. and everything. Yeah. So we've um, talked before. There's going to be scheduling issues when you're on a short film and you have multiple days where you need to actually record and actually doing production and it's not all happening in like one weekend. And so I would say the best person to naturally fit that area if you're very limited is the director and because the person behind the camera it's very important for the person who has the vision to actually see you know to actually well because that's what the dp is there Mm -hmm. to get the shots and create what the director's pulling from actors to get the shots Mm -hmm. um that the director wants yeah so the director joseph he was our the Times Natalie couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Joseph was the DP on mm-hmm. film. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of times working with a director and a director of photography's relationship, it's always different. I would say a director usually will pick, be a part of the picking process for a director of photography because of spe- a specific style that the director of photography has and what they actually like as far as vision. Sometimes directors choose to not be a part of that process at all. And they're just like, I have a vision for how the story is going to play out. And I just want to look at your shots and make sure you're good. Other directors are like, there's a very specific style that I want. And I want you to help me capture that. It's completely dependent on the director. But the director of photography needs to be able to understand the director in order for them to work well together. Um, If the director of photography thinks they have creative liberty and the director doesn't want them to have that creative liberty they want to, they want the director has a specific look for it they need to be able to be in communication and know clearly what each other wants yeah so let's go to the next job the gaff the gaffer mm-hmm. gaffer you yeah. can uh you can take that one well so the gaffer is the person who does lighting yeah. and the reason why that is so important why we picked that one is because honestly the difference, you can set up a shot, you can have everything going into a shot and set up with the camera, with audio, with the production that's making it happen. Everything is perfect, but your shots can still be so bad. And honestly, when it comes down to it, the difference between a good shot and a bad shot is what is how is it lit. And so um, the gaffer is extremely important needs to know how to be able to light something outside correctly or shade something correctly in order to get a good look. Same thing with inside. You're yeah. Gonna... And um, what something that I'm thinking of is you actually can watch this film. It's on our channel, this channel right here. But mm-hmm. the film, The Hike, we had a lot mm-hmm. of night scenes in that Yeah. to where we had to have, we didn't have like a person that was the gaff or mm-hmm. um, on set. So kind of Joseph did that and I helped yeah. him with it. But Doing night scenes, you still have to have those lights lit very well. Mm-hmm. So it looks like night, but yet you can see it through the camera. Because even if like you're, the naked eye can see a lot better than a camera can. Yeah. If it looks light to you, the camera's probably going to be pitch black. Yeah. So you have to have a lot of light. And you can't compensate with a camera to make up for that. And one people, the way people do that is like with gain or ISO. And that's just going to mess your image up. It's yeah, just going to make it look like trash. Yeah, um, you cannot compensate your quality for the lighting 
And that's why lighting is so important. You have to make sure you have enough light. You have to make sure it's lit well to focus on the right things that need to be focused on for, um, and also just stylistically. You can do so many creative things and make your film so creative by simply the way it's lit, you know? Um, And so that is an area that I think that is very important. If you can get one, make sure you have someone who has some knowledge and creativity and a passion for lighting your shots correctly on your short film. Yeah, so uh, one example of, I mean, you you can see this in some, like, not well-made um, films that don't have a uh, gaffer, mm-hmm. is sometimes they do it, they film during the day, but it's supposed to be a night scene, so they go into post and make it dark. Mm-hmm. I know one film that I'm thinking of specifically is the original Planet of the Apes, like the one with Charleston Heston. Yeah. There's a couple scenes in that movie where it's supposed to be night, but mm-hmm. you can see shadows mm-hmm. because it was... Like, they went to post and made it dark, but you can see shadows. That's not going to happen at night. That's that's a good that's a good point. A little tip that Josh was bouncing around is if you're filming day-for-night scenes, mm-hmm. then and you're filming outside, you really have to make sure that everything the camera is seeing is being shielded and shaded from the sun. Um, it's really good if it's a cloudy day because you have a natural shade. But if you don't have that and you're in direct sunlight, you have to get as many, as much shielding that's in your image as possible because nighttime, it's a soft moon glow. If you don't have, nothing is harsh shadows. If you have harsh shadows in your nighttime scenes, yeah, it's, it's going to be so obvious. Yeah, you're going to be able to tell and because it's, you can only take out so much. You can't take out yeah. the shadows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, let's go to the next one, the audio mixer or the audio technician Mm -hmm. um that's essentially the person getting the sound um in charge of um getting all the audio but not just the audio that someone's talking but like if they're running through the woods there's a bunch of leaves they have to get the leaves crunching Mm -hmm. the birds chirping the and depending on your mics and stuff there's a lot of background noise too you have to get that background noise so so tell tell them a little bit about the best way to record audio on set. Okay, so how we've done it in the past is we've kind of had a separate person that has um, doing the audio because we want the person who's doing the film and the the video to just have to worry about that, not the audio. Mm-hmm. And what we've used, we have a boom pole with boom mics just like these. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a small recorder, which actually is what we're using right now. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a handheld recorder with that is um, the three prong. What is the name of that? I'm thinking uh, three channel. Yeah, three what is channel? The name? Um, no XLR cable. XLR cable. Yeah. yeah, it has to be an XLR cable because that needs the, to have grounding. Yeah, it. there's a lot of mics Otherwise you could buy that are just like sound. almost like headphone um, mm-hmm. jacks in the end. But yeah, that's not. It doesn't have the XLR cable, which is not... XLR microphones and recorders are not that expensive. Mm -hmm. It's the difference between spending $30 and spending $100. What do you want? Good audio and spend an extra 60, 70 bucks or have crap for your production because you wanted to save that money, you know? Yeah, so um, what we did on on Dying of the Leaves and our films in the past, we kind of, we tried to get as much audio of like dialogue as we mm-hmm. can but yeah. sometimes we miss like if this is important a this wide important. shot 
we've we miss we don't have the audio person pick up like walking noise or or like background noise and anything and that's sometimes screwed us a little bit um it's messed us up to where we can't get exactly that background noise like we want it mm -hmm. but for most of the time most of the part it's actually it's still fine yeah um the biggest thing that we focus on which is what joshua is saying is we get good dialogue so when we do our close-up scenes for our shots and anything that's actually good dialogue we need to make sure we're getting that microphone in the right position as close as possible. Mm -hmm. That's going to give us the cleanest audio. If we come away from a day with getting our all of our dialogue, audio, voice recording done well, and we get our background noise, then the stuff of like people walking through leaves or footsteps and all that other stuff, that can be added artificially and no one's really going to notice. For example, in Dying the Leaves, we keep talking about it. But every single sound effect pretty much in that film was all added in post and recorded in this room. Yeah. Honestly. And everything else that we recorded on set was background noise and people talking. That was it. We need to make sure that we did that. That's really on production what you need to focus on. Don't focus on trying to get every single sound effect perfect because you're going to have to go back and do some anyway, most definitely. Mm -hmm. so um to wrap it up you're saying that the audio the audio technician is essentially in charge of getting the All audio the on production yeah. mm -hmm. and they also if you're doing multiple mics they need to be able to know how to mix the mics well yeah. and everything so it's balanced and it's just recorded correctly yeah cool so I guess that's all the jobs we have today, right? Yep, those okay. are the five jobs that we recommend that a short film has as their crew. Yep, and so uh, we actually talked about Dying the Leaves a lot in this, this episode. Yeah. So if you want to buy a copy, um, you can go to our website, wiseworksent.com. Mm -hmm. Go to the shop button. Yep, it's it's $5 right now. Yeah. So that's a good price for that We film. dropped it down. It's it's $5, and so we have... We have a box full of DVDs and we're ready to sell them. Yep. Okay, and also subscribe to this channel. Yep. And subscribe. like us on Facebook, Instagram, all the social medias. Mm -hmm. We're Wiseworks Entertainment and we want to make films. Yep. Okay, thanks for watching. <laughs> thanks.